This is Film Center, your number one show for real entertainment industry news. No fluff, all facts. Now, here are your anchors, Derek Johnson II and Nicholas Killian. Hello, welcome to Film Center. My name is Derek Johnson II. I'm Nicholas Killian. And today we're here with Darlene Barrios. Hello, Darlene. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Doing pretty good. Darlene, we were just asking how you would like to be referred by, and you said she's not a production coordinator. She is a production supervisor. Yes. What's the difference? So the difference is I manage the office as opposed to just looking at the production aspect of the business. And who can you say exactly who you work for? There are NDAs in this town. Gotcha. Okay. She works at a really nice company. She just uh, came well, from Burbank. Thank you so much for coming in. Uh, I know it was... It's it was raining a, today. It was a little bit of a rainy drive. Yeah. So I appreciate it. But anyways, tell us about where you're from. You're from L.A.? You're from or somewhere I'm else in the country? I'm from L.A., but I've moved around a lot. I'm currently stationed at the Antelope Valley. You're stationed there? Yeah. So like you, so they change your station? No, I just meant to say I live there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. it seemed like you were in the military. That's what no, I was no, saying. No. I was like, yo. Stationed, I say that because it's temporary. But it's always been like around California? Yes. So what places have you lived so far in California? So L.A., Burbank, Glendale, San Fernando Valley. Oh, she hasn't left. She hasn't left the glitz and glamour. No, I've no. stayed here. Valley girl, whole life. <laughs> Tell us about... What was the journey that led you to the entertainment industry? Are you always been interested in entertainment? Yes, I always have been. Do do you think your environment, because since you're from the area, you think your environment had something to do with it? Yeah, I think so. Also, growing up, my dad was a musician, so I got to learn a little bit of that industry. Real? Huh? (laughs) No, kidding. (laughs) (laughs) What What kind of music do you make? So he plays guitars, mostly in Spanish. He was in a band, so I got to see him play with his band and not to say tour but he did have some events that he played at and that was fun growing up to see it's funny you didn't become a musician yourself i tried i did take piano lessons growing up but it just it didn't stick with me i feel like my instructor was too tough and you took them guitar lessons instead (laughs) i tried that too because my dad plays the guitar i just i couldn't do it so you where did you go where did you go to like elementary school and stuff like that growing up did you go to one of those because there aren't there's a lot of private schools you go to private school no i did not go to any private schools did you go to a performing arts school i did not no so you just went to a public school just a regular public school Mm -hmm. huh yeah and then you went there for elementary school middle school and then high school, and then you went to college. What, where was the decision to get into entertainment? I think it was mid when I was doing my undergrad. I got my undergrad in business management, and then I had to take a course, more so like an elective, and I decided to do a jazz course. So it was a course that taught you everything about jazz. It's history and who the key players are. What draws you to jazz compared to other your father didn't play jazz. No, he didn't play jazz. No, so so what makes you want to be in the I've, the jazz oh, scene? I've always liked it. I know growing up, my friends always called it elevator music. I never <laughs> did. So I just wanted to learn more about it. Just were you in jazz knowledge. band at all or no? No. No. I remember I played the I played the saxophone. Oh. I, played, I played alto sax for three years, but. Then I was like, I don't know. I'm from Tennessee. <laughs> okay. We're both from the South. Uh, yeah, yeah, I played the trumpet. We, yeah. Uh, 
After high school, I was, I'm done with the trumpet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the saxophone, as I saw, I lived in Nashville. Mm-hmm. So if you're playing saxophone, you have to be good at music. You can't be like, oh, I want to get into it. This the music, one of the music capitals of the entire world. They're like, no, either you're the best or don't even start. Yeah. Yeah. And then what was, we were talking about this beforehand. What led you, so you took jazz and then you graduated from college. Right. How did you dip your toe in the entertainment industry? I knew I wanted to work alongside the entertainment industry. So when I graduated from college, I was extremely desperate to get out of my... I was a cashier at a grocery store. And oh, wow. So okay. I just applied anywhere that said that had the word entertainment. I was one of the lucky few where I was interviewed where I'm currently at. And ever since, I've just been with that company since then. How long has that been? Seven years. Seven years now. Yeah. Did you have you changed around positions since being there? I did. So I started very entry level doing, it's a storage company, so we have a lot of material come in. Started as data entry clerk, and then I've somehow moved into the account service team, and then I've dabbled into leadership roles, and then where I, what I'm currently doing now, which is with post-production and digitizing the assets. So do you ever go back to your old grocery store and be like, Psh- this place fell apart without me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. In fact, my manager has been very open about that. So he does She's what he can. Same. Yeah, he does what he can to keep me because I've been wanting to move away from there. With that being said, what else would you say is a hot topic right now in your industry? Hot topic? Yeah, because AI, everything that's going through a revolution right now, Mm -hmm. what's something in your specific area is a real big hot topic right now? They did just come out with that Sora AI with mm-hmm. the text to video. What do you think about it? Right now, a lot of our projects are based on actors and singers who are doing documentary work. We've been dealing a lot with that. So it's a fun project where we get to open their vault and get to see what they did in the past. I can share one story. So we all know Val Kilmer, yeah. the actor for yes. Top Gun and Willow. Mm-hmm. So he had that documentary named Val. I don't know if you guys had a chance to see yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think it was Amazon Prime. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) There's so many streaming services now. It's like you had to buy, like, the bundle. Yeah. Like, all of them. Yeah. (laughs) True. Just to see one thing, just so you don't miss anything. Mm -hmm. Did you get to meet Val Kilmer? I did get to meet him. So he went into our office. Is he tall? He's very tall. He's not that tall. I'm 5'4". I would say he's 5'6", 5'7". No, really? Yeah, he's not a really tall man. He's 5'6", 5'7"? Yeah. So he's DJ's height. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Is that how tall you are? <laughs> I'm 5'7", yeah. Oh, okay, then yeah, I would say 5'7". That's crazy. <laughs> so I'm taller than Val Kilmer. Probably, yeah. You're, I think you're as tall as Mike Tyson. How tall are you? 5'10". Yeah, that's Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah. How come you're not How come you're not fighting? How come you're not fighting, Nicholas? How come I'm not fighting? <laughs> yeah, me and Val Kilmer locked down. The 5'7 right. Club, we're well, both working in entertainment. The 5'4 Club's in entertainment. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> The 5'10 Club, that's like for boxing. What you doing, man? I had a better childhood than Mike Tyson did. (laughs) Yeah. When you deal with celebrities, do you find Mm -hmm. it... Because dealing with celebrities is different for each contact. Different for each context. For ours, it's more like, oh, okay, I'm like writing that I do for them. Mm -hmm. I don't really need to talk to the actors a lot. That's not part of my job. (laughs) There's no reason I would need to talk to them. Or even when you're doing the show, it's okay, cool. They're coming on here to do the show, Mm -hmm. right? But when you're working closely with someone on a documentary, it's much more intimate than that. Sometimes find it like, 
awkward? Oh, like, I know a lot about you, but you don't know exactly any. No, because they come into the room not really having that stigma upon them. They're really open and friendly, in my experience. So it's just easy to talk to them like a regular person. I think people forget that these are not just celebrities because you're used to seeing them on TV or social media or whatnot. And when they come there, they just look like your average guy. That's walking down the does street. Does Val Kilmer, does he, does he dress well? It's, it's <laughs> not necessarily my style, but... <laughs> what is Val Kilmer's style? I, I heard he likes Vans. It's, how would I describe it? When I met him, it was more so a little hippie, hobo vibe. Not so hobo, that's so mean. That's that a bad connotation. Like no. He's, he was in chill mode, probably. <laughs> chill mode, Dressed yeah. down, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Although, to be fair, I think if he came in with a giant Val Kilmer shirt on, they probably would have been a little bit narcissistic. So, of course, he wouldn't look anything right. you know, crazy or too flashy, especially because the celebrity standard for hiding in, in person is the baseball cap and shades, mm-hmm. as if no one, if it's like, yeah. as if no one could tell. Yeah. yeah. Did you have intimate conversations with Val Kilmer, or, or what was your interaction with him? Because you're working mm-hmm. as a, you're working as post supervisor, mm-hmm. right? So it's like the stuff's already shot when it comes to you. Right. Yeah. It's all like from the past, I guess you could say. My interactions have been positive. I don't ever, we don't get too personal because we also want to keep it professional. We are representing the company, right? Right. But we asked how it was working for that particular project and he's able, like he was happy to share. I think more so they're more happy to, that they have someone talk to them as a person as opposed to a celebrity. Or as a product. Or as a product. Because people assume they just like, as soon as they're get off stage or they're done acting they go back into the cage mm-hmm. <laughs> right. a yeah. product to be sold so so if you're a product is your sorry if you're post supervisor how mm-hmm. do you what exactly does that mean because not the for those of us a lot of people who listen to the show are, are in the industry but some people mm-hmm. aren't who listen to the show how would you explain what a, a post supervisor does yeah so my role really consists of overseeing the account service team This is the team that is face-to-face with clients if they need to pull materials and clients as in post-production companies. So we work closely with NBC, Disney, CBS, Paramount. Mm. So they are working with these management teams to pull material off the shelves for whatever case they may need it. Mm. And on top of that, I work closely with operations if we need to ship materials out to... If it's local, it's easier. But if we need to ship things out international, international, then we need to work with them to ensure that Everything is packaged correctly. But the most fun for me is working with the studios team where we get the assets and then we condense those materials into digital files and we upload it to whatever networks they need it to. Is that a complicated process? Can you talk about that process? Yeah. Again, I don't know all the details about it. Software is not necessarily the biggest thing that I look into. She's not a software engineer. No, but we have a lot of, I guess you could say, profiles set up ready for us to use. Really what we need to do is make sure that the asset is in good condition. We'll add it to the machine, (laughs) load it it onto the machine, (laughs) and then we just play with the settings to compress those files, and it does it for us. And about how long does that usually take? Real time. So if the tape is an hour and 10 minutes it's going to take an hour and 10 minutes to compress into a digital file what, what's one of the biggest ones you guys done have you done anything like five six i guess you documentary movies can, can last a long time or really especially if it's a series or something documentaries don't really have a time limit on them no mostly about like documentaries what's cool about it is we get to compress 
uh, files from different formats. So we're working with DigiBetas, we're working with HD cams. Those are the most recent tapes, but we also have things that are on film, and those are a little bit trickier to work with because we have to ensure that it's rolled up correctly or if it's... There's a lot of technicalities to it, but we just have to make sure that it's in good condition before. I assume you probably don't prefer film deliveries. No, they're heavier <laughs> to work with. Just there's a lot more components to it. Who do you mostly deal with as far as a post-production supervisor? As in? Day to day, do you work with the studios more? Mm. Do you work with independent people more? In that aspect, what would you say? Studios, for sure. Do yeah. you have a, a preferred studio that you like to work with? Yes. Would, do you want to tell us? <laughs> sure. It's actually Disney. You like working with Disney mm-hmm. best? Yeah. What about Disney do you like? Is it the flex? Is it that you get to no. walk around and flex? It's not a flex? <laughs> it's not a flex. It is. It gets a flex. It's a plus side. But what uh, makes them your favorite? More it's really the team that they have over there, their management team. They're just really friendly. For me, it's about connecting with people, really, mm-hmm. and working with that particular person. The management for that department has been great. And just, I've been working with that company for some time now, so we've built. So that has built over time. Yeah. And do you have these types of connections with all of the studios? Or do you feel like it's just Disney that you have this connection with? Because Mm -hmm. to be fair, I guess everyone has their favorite, usually people's favorite, quote unquote, favorite studios to work with. Really Mm -hmm. just comes down to how that personnel at that company Right. And you click. Where sometimes you click, sometimes you don't. Because mm-hmm. there are definitely times that we work with other studios where it's, oh, okay, we're not best friends by working with them mm-hmm. compared to some other people that, especially every time we go to the LA Comic Con specifically, mm-hmm. those are people we meet up with all the time and we have a really great time. So Ooh. is it like that second one where it's, oh, okay, we can we click or is it more, oh, it's just that Disney's the longest one you've been running with? I think it's a mix of both. So Disney's top client for me, but I also do working with Paramount. The team, similar values that Disney carries. And with them, it's been, it gets difficult with Paramount because they do have those 70 minim, uh, millimeter film reels. Paramount reflection. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. So it gets trickier with some of the projects that we do for them, but just in general, working with them has been a breeze. Now, when you talk about working with Disney and working with Paramount being mm-hmm. your particular favorites, is it, you said team, is it like one to one particular person that you like working with, or is it just the team as a whole? It's the team. So it's one person, but they have their team. And so, so we work with the entire team. So your point of contact mm-hmm. is the person you like the most, and then you like working working with that team in general. Is that what you're saying? Yes. And then who do you not like working with the <gasps> most? I don't think you should say that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna. <laughs> okay, I had to ask. I, I figured maybe you might tell us. But is there, what are the personalities like between the studios? Could you say, oh, Disney acts like McDonald's? From a post perspective, because we're more on the other side of it. But from more of a post perspective, are there personalities distinct to each company that you work with? I don't think so. No? I will say, even though it's post-production, everything is still fast-paced because they need it to air wherever they need it to air. I think it's a balance of having to work with how they need to work around it and then aside building relationships. Hey, did you get to go to the HPA, the Hollywood Post Awards? No, I didn't get a chance to go. Oh. Have you, have you ever been before or you just didn't no. go this year? No, I haven't been before. Oh, okay. Something that you always hear when you're at HPA, to be fair, it's not 
the biggest out of the, all the award shows. There's what, <laughs> an award show every day in this town. It's always somebody's award. Soon they're going to have Jupiter Awards here or something. It's always something. Anyway, <laughs> at the HPA, they talk a lot about ways to keep things organized. And I'll, I specifically know more editors than I do coordinators and supervisors like yourself. Mm-hmm. They always have their organization list. As a supervisor, what do you do to keep organized? I make a list. Oh, it's still a list? Oh, yeah. Is it like the straight up Google sheet? Yes. Yeah. That's the and best that's, way to go about it. <laughs> and that's the only way you're able to stay organized? That's how I like to stay organized. It works for me. I'm more of a pen and paper type of gal. Sometimes you lose that piece of paper, so then Google Sheets was the next best thing. When we talk about post-production coordinator or post-production supervisor, Mm -hmm. what does your day specifically consist of? Like when you go to the office, Mm -hmm. what's one of the first things? You just kick down the door and be like, all right, it's time to supervise. (laughs) You, you're being supervised right now. No. Give me that film. (laughs) No, no, (laughs) I would not do that. Most of my roles really consist of ensuring that the teams have what they need. And if they don't, then I'm that liaison to get the materials that they do need. But I will say, I think I venture more into the digital aspect of it. I just specifically make myself be there a lot more. We talked a little bit, this is before the show started, we talked a little bit about uh, software. And you said that your company and possibly some other companies might be going down some software changes. Nowadays, because AI does a lot and mm-hmm. like technology is moving really fast. Have you had to do a lot of big software overhauls? Is that like a thing that regularly happens? No, it doesn't happen regularly. I think it's just the company is ready to make a switch into cloud storage per se. And so they just really want to keep up with the times to ensure cloud that we're Cloud storage behind. instead of their own servers. So instead of physical storage, it'll be like once we digitize the assets, like someone needs to store it somewhere, right? We can't stay on a hard drive for the longest time. So they're implementing a, like a cloud storage service. Are you guys too worried about any sort of hacking? Cloud storages get hacked a lot. That's one of the biggest thing for a company security. That's like the number one priority. So that's, I know they have like their own IT team that works through that. Aside from like technicalities of it, I have no clue. <laughs> you wouldn't want to have another like Sony where you just get completely hacked. Yeah, definitely not. Sony is another of our clients. So I know security as it is important for them. It is for us because they are in our I business. know it's important to them now <laughs> yeah. because they got it's completely. They leaked their Superman, right? Yeah. Uh, movie. Yeah. It just the whole system just completely went down. They had, I remember a while back, they had a team of hackers that basically took over Sony. You couldn't go on the PlayStation Store. I don't know how they did it, but mm. hackers like... By hacking, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but they hacked into the to the source file and basically had Sony by the cojones. Yeah. So there's a lot of... Even for I work for that company, there's a lot of layers of security. So you need to enter this passcode, and then they send you a code, and you enter that, and... Yeah, I know security is big on both sides for the people who work there and the people, our clients, per se. And then as far as being a supervisor goes, have you ever had to fire people? I knew you were going to ask me this question. <laughs> I Yes, it's not necessarily myself because... I'm just, that's what HR is for. Uh, y- yes, because why be but, a bad guy when you don't have to be, right? <laughs> you said, yes, but, so, so it is you. So here's the thing. We hire people to do certain things, right? 
And if we, we talk to them and we try to work with them, and if that doesn't work, then we're going to need to find someone that's willing to do is there the lot, work. I don't think there's a lot of turnover in, I don't know, is No, there? there's not. No. Most people that are there, it's because they want to be there, and that's something that they pursued. From time to time, you get those one, one-offs. Have you ever recommended anybody to be fired? <laughs> Isn't that the same thing? It's the same thing. <laughs> yes, with post-production. So most of those people, they, production is, post is, you have to like doing it to be there. Yeah. Yeah, because it's one of the most tedious aspects of making any creative endeavor. Is there anything that you as a supervisor do to help your employees go for long periods of time or possibly keep the grind going? Yeah, so I think it's just finding areas of opportunity where they could grow, just knowing what their background is, what they went to school for, and then how we can implement those skills into the company. So I have seen a lot of people move up in different positions. Cool. You know what? It's been so great talking to you. Thank you for coming on to the show. Thank you. Is there anywhere where people can follow you? Or would you have anything to, to shout out, anything coming out next? Anything to plug? <laughs> Say hi to Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer is great, but people could follow me on LinkedIn, Darlene Barrios. Darlene Barrios. Awesome. Guys, this has been Film Center. I'm Derek Johnson II. I'm Nicholas Killian. And this we're here with? Darlene Barrios. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. See you. This has been Film Center on Comic-Con Radio. Check out our previous episodes at ComicConRadio.com. You can follow the show at Film Center News on all major social media platforms. Tune in next Wednesday for a fresh update. Until next time, this has been Film Center. Hey, do you like anime and manga? Nick and I are big fans of the genre. Yeah, we recently discovered a manga named Tamashi. It's written and created by Ryan McCarthy, and it recently just came out with its 10th volume. Now, Tamashi is an isekai about a girl who gets transported to another world called the Ancient Lands. She gains mysterious powers and must fight demons and monsters to find her way home. Check it out on Amazon, Blurp, and get a physical copy at ryanmccarthyproductions.com.